All right. Well, I want to welcome you to LifePoint. If you are stepping in for the first time, my name is Alex Velarde. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. We are, I'm thrilled that you've joined us for worship. You know, I, I really thought that I was going to be preaching to an empty room and just kind of preaching to those of you guys online. We're, we welcome you as well. But, man, you guys give yourself a hand. You know, you made it. You're here. You know, and um, so you're my kind of people. I appreciate you guys uh, being here. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 26. Uh, Matthew 26, we're going to begin in verse uh, 36. So Matthew 26, verse 36. Um, if you're stepping in for the first time, we're actually, as a church, doing uh, something we call 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting. God put in my heart to... Um, to share a message with you on prayer. And the title of the message is Pray Like Jesus Pray. Now, I wonder, I wonder if you've ever thought about that. How did Jesus pray? Like, we know that the Bible teaches, like, we know that he, Jesus taught us to pray, right? The Lord's Prayer. Like, we've, you probably heard a message on that before. But have you ever, have you ever thought about how did he actually pray? Have you ever thought about that? How, like, what words did he use, right? Like, what, like, what, what was the tone? You know, how long did he pray? I mean, what, what things did he pray for? And so today, that's what we're going to look at. Matthew 26, verse 36, praying like Jesus prayed. And I'll tell you what my hope is, as I've been preparing all week long for this message. My hope is that you can make a significant step forward in your prayer life. Now, I have to be careful because one of the strategies that the enemy uses, anytime I talk about this subject on prayer, one of the strategies that he uses, he's used it in my life, he's used it in other people's lives, is he will try to discourage you, okay? Like intentionally, the enemy will try to like lie to you and tell you, oh, you know what, you don't pray enough. Or, you know, you prayed before and God didn't answer and, you know, he didn't, things didn't go the way that you wanted them to go. And the enemy will, will tell you things, will lie to you, and it'll be like, um, you know, why pray about that? Like, nobody cares about that. Like, that's kind of a small thing. With all the problems that people have in this world, why are you concerned about this little thing? Your prayer is like, you know, that's, like, that's not that big of a deal. Or the opposite. You need like a miracle in your life. You need like a, you know, you're like, like something that's overwhelming and the enemy will lie to you and it's like, you know, well, maybe in the Old Testament, you know, maybe if you were part of like one of the New Testament believers, you know, when miracles used to happen, but right now, that's not for you. And if, if as your pastor, if I'm not careful, you can leave this place kind of discouraged. You can leave thinking, man, I got it all wrong. I don't pray long enough. I don't pray, you know, I don't say the right words. And, uh, and I want you to know that my, my goal, my hope is actually quite the opposite. I want you to leave encouraged today. I want to inspire you, okay? Wherever you're at in your prayer life, my heart's desire is to hopefully be kind of like a spiritual cheerleader to you and um, let you know that if, you, if at times you feel bored, like you're praying and you kind of get distracted. If at times you, you fall asleep and you feel kind of sleepy or if the distractions come your way and life is so hectic that you don't know, you don't have time to pray, I, I want you to know that those are the obstacles, those are the challenges that the enemy puts in front of us. But you can pray like Jesus prayed, okay? And I don't know where you're at today 
um, there, there are moments in my life, I appreciated what um, uh, Greg said, um, there are times in our lives where we're on a mountaintop, there are times where we're on a, on a valley, right? Um, and, you know, maybe right now you're, you're in a place where it's like, God, I don't just need a little answer to my prayer. Like, I need a miracle. Like, if you've ever been there, I think that um, this message is really going to help you. It's going to resonate because there are times in my life when I need answer to my prayers, but there are other times, once in a lifetime moments, when I just need God to, I need breakthrough. Like, beyond what I, I can do. And, uh, and maybe that's where you're at today, you know, like, God, there's this issue in my life, and I don't know how to solve it. I need you to talk to me. God, there's this financial decision, a business decision, you know, I, my life could go in this way or in that way. Like, God, I, I really need your wisdom. And there's a sense of desperation, right, when you pray those prayers. There's a sense of, like, God, I need you now. I'm desperate. You know, if you've ever had a child that's kind of going, you know, down the wrong path, you know, you know how heartbreaking that can be, and you've tried everything, you've done everything, you're not perfect, but you've tried everything, humanly speaking, to love them, to kind of teach them the God's word, and then you see them making one mistake after the next, and I don't know about you, but man, that can get you on your knees quicker than anything else, and so what does it take for a heavenly father to answer us? I want you to think of that for a moment. What does it take for the God of the universe to lean in and hear our request? Because that is exactly where we find Jesus today. Now, remember, Jesus was 100% man. He was 100% God. What you're going to see today with this prayer is you're going to see the human side of Jesus. And you're going to see, I mean, this prayer is going to blow you away. You're going to see that that he's right there. He doesn't just need a nice little answer to his prayer. This situation, his situation, demanded an impressive, undeniable, jaw-dropping, supernatural, out-of-this-world miracle. He needed a miracle more than ever. The miracle maker needed a miracle in his own life because he's, Jesus' life actually depended on it. And so we're going to begin Matthew 26 verse 36 let's see how jesus prayed so we can pray like he did okay it says then jesus went on went with them to the olive grove called gethsemane and he said sit here while i go over there to pray so he's with a group of his disciples and he's taking them to this garden right and then in verse 37 he grabs three of them and it says he took peter and seven of these sons two sons James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. Okay, so do you get the picture? He's with a larger group of disciples, takes them to the, the garden, right? And then he picks, of that larger group, he picks three, Peter, James, and John. And he says, I want three, the three of you guys to come follow me. Now, as I was reading this passage, I was thinking, why did Jesus do that? You know, this is moments before the cross, and so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe he just needed backup. Maybe he just needed, like, just moral support. He just needed, didn't want to be alone, you know? And as I, I, was, I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, I don't think that he need in this moment, like, I don't think that he was wanting them to come with him because he needed support of some. Maybe that's true, I don't know. But, um, but I, I think more than that, I think that he wanted them to see something. And in turn, I think he wants you to see something today. He wants you to learn something. I think this chapter, more than any other chapter in scripture it is um it gives us tremendous insight into prayer 
Jesus is about to ask his heavenly father for the biggest prayer request he's ever asked. There's no bigger prayer request that came from the son of God. Biggest request he's going to ask. Verse 38, it says, he told them, my, and I love this because he's giving us a front row seat, right? He told them, Peter, James, and John, he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Have you ever been there? Where like, you're like, I don't, the finances are not there. I, I, I don't know, like the Bible says that he was sweating blood, right? Like it's a physical condition. It can happen under tremendous anxiety, tremendous stress. That's where he's at. And he's, he's sharing with those three guys, my, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. And maybe you've been there before. Stay here and keep watch with me, he says. This is similar to what the Apostle Paul teaches us in Ephesians 6, 18, when, when he says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Paul teaches us to pray like that. Stay alert, he says. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere like stay alert be consistent in your prayer right it's what jesus is saying and you know i heard i heard um, a missionary once say something that kind of shocked me because i always look up to missionaries you know anybody that like that you know basically surrenders their life and then goes to the foreign you know a foreign country to 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 preach the gospel to me it's very inspirational right um and um this, this, this missionary said, you know, I never pray for more than 20 minutes. And I thought, well, that's not very inspirational, you know, because I came from a school, um, a seminary that was very strict, very, fun, you know, kind of, you were supposed to pray for hours, you know, and they taught us that, like, if you prepare for, you know, like, a message usually takes anywhere between 10, 15 hours to, to prepare, and uh, they said, if you prepare a message for 15 hours, you should spend 15 hours in prayer, and I'm like, I don't pray that much, Lord, I'm sorry, and I always felt less than, and so I heard this missionary saying, I never pray for more than 20, 20 minutes, and I'm like, well, that's not very inspirational, but then he said, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. And I think it's what Jesus is telling his disciples. Stay here and being constant. Stay alert and being constant prayer. Let me give you kind of the outline of the messages. If you're a note, note taker, you can just write this down real quick. I'm giving you the whole outline ahead of time. This, if you want to pray like Jesus prayed, these are the three things you need to do, okay? The first thing that you see is that he was humble. Jesus was humble. You, you know, it's... It's one thing when you ask someone else to pray for them, and it's a whole nother thing when you ask them to pray for you. Now, Jesus was in the habit of praying for people, right? But it's a whole nother ball game when you're actually opening up yourself and you ask someone else to pray for you. To me, that shows a whole nother level of, of humility. And this area of prayer can be a, li a little bit of a, an area of where there is, can be a little bit of pride in us, because a lot of times we're willing to pray for anyone else, but when, it, when it's our turn and we need to open up and we need to say, man, this is the junk that I'm dealing with. This is the, whether it's a sin, whether it's worry, whether it's, you know, finances. A lot of times, what do we do? And, and, I, and I can tell you what it is because I, I'm there with you. We hide. And we, we pray for everybody else. And as a pastor, I can, I can be so I mean, attest to that. I, I will pray for any of you. I have a prayer list 
have like a spreadsheet, you know, just to make sure that I, you know, that I pray for you. Um, but then when it comes for me to open up, oh, no, no, I can't do that. I'm the pastor, right? And just like me, I'm sure some of you, you have your why. I, I can't open up. That's too serious. That's too deep. That's too vulnerable, you know. But when you look at Jesus, most vulnerable thing that you can see is he's opening up and he's like, my, my crushed, my soul is crushed. And I think that it's important for us to learn to pray like Jesus pray and be humble. And sometimes the truth is that when we ask others to pray, we keep it at like superficial level, right? Here's the second thing that if you want to pray like Jesus prayed, be honest. Be honest. Be like raw, like re as real as you can be, as raw as you can be. He's extremely honest with his request. I, I always smile at the illustration of the, the child who gets, puts his hands together and prays, dear Jesus, dear God, thank you that so much I have not, so far in today, I have not been mean. I have not gotten in trouble. So far in today, I have not lost my temper. I have not been greedy or grumpy. I have not, you know, done any of this. I'm so very thankful for that. But in a few minutes, I'm going to get out of bed. <laughs> And I'm going to need help the rest of the day. I love that. When, have you ever heard a child pray? Any of you guys ever heard a child pray? They pray with gut-level honesty. Right? It's like, you know, it's just, uh, that's how we need to pray. We need to be honest in our prayer life. The Apostle Paul is a great example of this. When he communicated with the Corinthians, he says, when I was with you, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. I love that about the Apostle Paul. Like he was not hiding behind a mask. He was open in his prayer life. So number one, be humble. Number two, be honest. Number three, be consistent. That's the outline right there. You're going to see all three of these things jump out of the page as we finish reading the passage. Be humble. Be honest. Be consistent. Jesus, the Son of God, was humble. He was honest. He was consistent in his prayer life. Now, let's keep reading. Verse 39. Verse 39. It says, He went on a little far farther and watch this, this is really important. Pay attention to it. He went a little bit farther and bowed with his face to the ground. We, I don't know if you get the picture here. We have the Son of God planting his face on the ground, right? That's what, that's what the scripture says. Now, I wrote on my notes, I believe that the way in which you pray, the manner in which you pray matters, Okay, like your posture matters. Now, we, there's kind of differences of opinion here. Like I, I read, um, I was doing the devotional. If you're part of the, the, the church-wide devotional that we're doing, there was, uh, I love the example that they gave, I, I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, of the grandfather who's praying before a meal, and he notices that his granddaughter is eating a french fry, but with her eyes closed, you know? And uh, I thought she was, I guess she thought it was okay to eat, you know? As long as your eyes closed, you can do whatever you want, you know? 
And, and it is really a matter of the heart, okay? Don't get me wrong, okay? But I also believe in my heart that there is, there is something about the way, the manner in which you pray. Now, I, look, look, this is not the Holy Spirit. This is just my opinion, okay? This is not like, I'm not giving you a Bible verse or anything like that. This is not like a rule or that you have to follow. But I know that for, just from experience, something happens in my heart when I, when I get on my knees, like when, when, I, when I plant my face, something, ha- there's a shift, and I cannot explain it, but something happens in my mind. Something changes. Like when, when, when my body goes, it's almost like the heart follows behind it. And so I'm not telling you that you should or you shouldn't. You know, there's definitely... You know, um, we can pray with our eyes open. We can pray with our eyes closed and a French right in our mouth. I don't think God's going to. It's definitely a, a matter of the heart. You can pray anywhere in any position. But if you ask me, something changes in me, okay, when I get on my knees. Now, I want to give you three, just a little bit of a side note, three practical tips for an effective prayer life. If you want to have a prayer life, an effective prayer life, these are just mine. Um, take them or leave them. Number one, pick a time to pray morning noon uh night pick a time to pray with you it's every day when you're going to work but pick a time that's like every every day it's that hour okay when whenever you do that whenever you create that habit there's like a rhythm to your life okay when you choose a specific time and you pray yes you can pray at any time but when you have a specific time every day when you're praying you develop this rhythm this pattern this habit And, and people really they do not plan their future they plan their habits, and their habits define their future, okay? So pick a time to pray. Here's the second thing I would say. Uh, pick an amount of time that you're going to pray. And so set a goal, and hopefully it's more than a minute, right? And I'm not going to give you a time, whether it's this or that, but I would encourage you, you want to have an effective prayer life, pick a, an amount of time that you're going to spend in prayer, Someone said the human mind is like a rubber band. Once you stretch it, it never returns back to its original size. So if I'm you and you want to grow in your, in your prayer life, I would encourage you to pick an amount of time that's going to stretch you a little bit. And all of us are indifferent. And that's why I'm not even telling you how long to pray because I don't want you to compare. But pick an amount of time. All of us are in different seasons of life. Pick an amount of time that you say, you know what? This amount of time I'm going to devote to the Lord. And here's the third thing I would say. Pick a place for prayer. Pick a place for prayer. Elijah, in the Old Testament, he had a place to pray on Mount Carmel. Um, Daniel, he had a place to pray. Uh, it was he, The Bible calls it the upper room, okay, Daniel. He would look out the window, he would get on his knees. Jesus, a lot of people say this garden was a place where Jesus would often retrieve to go pray on his, on his own. So do you have a specific time? Do you have a specific place where you spend? That's your place for prayer. If you ask me, I would tell you, if you want to have a more effective prayer life, I'd encourage you to just consider those three things. Just consider them. Okay, let's keep going. So it says that Jesus bows, to the, bow, bows with his face to the ground, and he prays. It's not a rule, not, not something that I'm giving you Bible verse or not, but, but if you want to imitate, the, if you want to pray like Jesus prayed, he did that, okay? And so let's keep going. Let's, let's look at the actual prayer, verse 39. Father, if it is possible, 
let this cup, and you guys help me out, let this cup of what? Let's say it together. Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering. I love this translation. If it is possible, God, let this cup, what, what's he talking about? Well, this is minutes before the cross, right? Minutes before the torture that he was going to endure. Minutes before, both physically and spiritually. I mean, the, the cross alone would have been enough pain, physical pain, right? But the torture that he went before he got to the cross was, I mean, it was just brutal, okay? And so his prayer Okay, and, and keep this in mind. This is the Son of God praying this. Is if, it is, if it's your will, God, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I read this and I thought, man, this is a bold prayer. This is a, this is, this is, in light of, if you look at everything that's been happening in the Old Testament all the way to this point, you have the, I mean, if someone, right, should, like, have not gone through the pain, it should have been Jesus, perfect in nature, right? And so this is a fair prayer request. And if some, if, 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 if our Heavenly Father should have answered a prayer request to anyone, it should have been to, to Jesus. And I, I love this because it's an example to us that we too can pray bold prayers. You actually pay God a compliment when you ask Him great things in your life. The Bible says, Hebrews 4, 16, that we need to let us come boldly to the throne of grace. And so when you, when you spell your miracle to God, you're allowing God to reveal more um, shades of his sovereignty. So like, like verbalize what you, what you want to pray. Like, like write it down. I've told you, put it, you know, we have a little tree in, the, ba- in the, the welcome center. Like be bold to say, God, this is what I'm asking of you. This is a bold prayer that Jesus is praying. Define your dreams. Be specific. Don't just pray in generalities. No, no, like claim the promise. James 5.16, this is Jesus' brother, right? James, Jesus' brother. You probably learned it from Jesus. He says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The key word in this verse is the word earnest. The earnest prayer. And New King James uses two different words to actually define the Greek word. Um, It uses the word fervent and it uses the word effective. It's the word polus. Could you say that with me? Say polus. Say polus. That's the Greek word. And I want to go super deep, but the word polus denotes, it's a word that denotes action. It's a word that denotes emotion. It, it denotes a, a state of being that, with, where, that can be measured by weight, by force, by intensity, by repetition. That's what the word earnest means. The, the big idea is, God, I am praying. I have this request. I'm praying, and I'm not going to lose faith. I'm not going to give up. I'm praying with everything that I got. And then he says, James says, he gives us an example. He says, Elijah was just a human as we are. And when he prayed, and watch this. What's the word? And Elijah was a human like we are, and yet when he prayed, what's the next word? Earnestly. 
when he prayed with emotion, with, with, with pray with passion, when, when he, and I'm not, I'm, this is my interpretation, but when he got on his knees, when he, when he planted his face on the ground, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. And I love that God's word is very specific. God is very careful to tell us James was just a guy like you and me. No superhuman here, no super spiritual guy like that. He was just a human like you and I. And the question that I have is, you know, what's, what is fair to pray for? Like what, are there like boundaries? Or like, ah, I shouldn't pray for that or I should pray for this. And you know, like you see people in the Old Testament praying for all kinds, like Zechariah wanted a son. God, give us a child. That's what we're praying for. Fair game. You know, you, you see uh, Solomon, Lord, give me wisdom. I need wisdom more than anything else. I just need wisdom. You see uh, Samson and Moses, they don't have water. And they're like, God, give us water. Fair game. Uh, Daniel, he has a dream. It's kind of a weird dream. They can't interpret it. God, would you help me make sense out of what's going on? What the dream that I had? If they pray that prayer, why, why can't I, couldn't I pray those? Right? Um, uh, Gideon, he sees this angel. Angel has a message for him. He thinks it's from God, but I don't know, Lord. Would you give me a sign? God, would you, would you, and then God gives him a sign, and then he goes back and is like, okay, God, would you do it one more time? I just need to just know for sure that this message is, I'm not going crazy. I need proof, God. If they pray like that, why couldn't we pray like that? The disciples, they pray for boldness. God, give us boldness in the face of persecution. Jesus, pray for unity. For his disciples, God, may they be one as you and I are one. David prayed that God would forgive him for his sin, the sin that he committed with Bathsheba. And so, in this case, Elijah prays for rain. And usually, the reason why we don't pray like the Old Testament believers and the New Testament believers is because there are two things that get in the way, two obstacles. And Jesus tells us, let's see if you can figure out what they are verse 40 two obstacles again the way it says then jesus returned to the disciples and found them asleep he said to peter couldn't you watch with me even for one hour verse 41 keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation so pay attention to it two obstacles Keep watching, and pray so you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. There's two things why we don't pray like Old Testament believers, like New Testament believers. The first thing that Jesus says is we give in to temptation. There's, there's four general areas that we're tempted in, okay? The, the first one is, is what, I, what we call power, okay? It's like when you want to control everything, okay? The second one is pleasure, when you either, you're running away from pain, you're running away from a difficult situation, or you just want to be fulfilled, or you want to, you're escaping something, you want to numb a pain. Number three, a fame. When you want to, you desire to be known, you desire more, fortune, a desire for more. Those are usually four general areas of temptation. Power, pleasure, fame, fortune. You take any sin out there, Right? Lying, materialism, lust, gluttony, self-centeredness, envy. Any sin that you take is going to fall into one of those categories. Either power, I want control, pleasure, fame, fortune. 
And what Jesus says is like, you can't pray the way they used to pray because you give in to temptation. So what you need to do is you need to have clear channels of communication. You know, I've given you this illustration before, but I think it's, I hope it, it resonates with you. Uh, when I'm on my way home or when I'm on my way to, to church, um, if I'm on the phone, there's a couple of dead spots on the way, and I'll usually, if I'm on the phone with you, I'll usually say, hey, I'm about to hit a dead spot. If I lose you, I'll call you right back. In our lives, sometimes there are dead spots. When you have those dead spots in your life, you're going to lose connection with your Heavenly Father. You're not, you're, you're not going to be able to talk to Him freely. So you're like, what's a dead spot? Well, unconfessed sin is a dead dead spot right pride is a dead spot areas of your life where god is not first those are in dead spots so two obstacles one is we give in to temptation number two is we quit too soon let's finish it verses 42 through 46 and we're done it says then jesus left them a second time to pray pay attention to the to this Jesus left them a second time and prayed my father if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it your will be done same prayer right nothing has changed he just he's going a second time to pray when he returned to them verse 43 when he returned to them again he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes opened. Verse 44. So he, Jesus, went and he just gave up. He left. Is that what it says? So Jesus said, you know what? We, I've already prayed twice. He didn't hear me. So, so Jesus just kind of felt like, hey, this is too big for our Heavenly Father. You know, clearly he's not, not listening. Is that what it says? I love this. This is the Son of God showing us how He prays. So Jesus went to pray, help me out, a third time. A third time. Saying the same things again. Is it okay for you to pray the same thing over and over and over? I think it is. I think what Jesus is against is when we babble. It's religious fakeness you know when the pharisees would yell and pray these eloquent prayers in front of people so they would be heard like that that he's against that's why he says go into your closet and pray in private to your heavenly father but he's not against repeating your prayers because if he was he wouldn't have done it right so he returns to the disciples verse 45 and says to them, are you still sleeping and resting? He was nicer than I would have been. I would have been like, come on, wake up, guys. Slap all of them. <laughs> are you still sleeping? Look, the hour has come. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. How do we pray like Jesus prayed? How do we pray? You want to pray like Jesus prayed? Learn to be humble in your prayer life. Learn to be honest, raw, vulnerable, like childlike faith, gut level kind of honesty. Learn to be consistent. 
Learn to be consistent in your prayer life. Jesus did not give up his prayers when they were not answered. Think about that thought. The Son of God, the miracle maker, the one that should have had his answer prayer doesn't give up. And I think it's because he was showing us. He was leaving us a pattern. And so an effective prayer life is not commanding God on what you want him to do and then expecting his immediate response. If you got everything you ever wanted from God, you never really get to know him. You would know about him. One is intellectual knowledge. The other is heart knowledge. You would see him. If, if every request you ever asked him, if he gave it to you like a, a genie in a bottle, then, then you would see him as a blessing machine. You'd never really get to know him. The struggle, the wrestling, the dependence, the getting on the knees, the planting your face on the ground, none of that would happen because any time that you would ask him something, he would give it to you, he would grant it. And it would be a transaction, it wouldn't be a relationship. The purpose of unanswered prayer is to get us from knowing about God to knowing him intimately. We're like the fishermen talking about myself I'm not a fisherman but the few times that I fish we cast the line bring it in no fish oh there's no fish and we move on we pray God I need your help with this no answer we go and we do it ourselves and so with heads bowed and eyes closed every head bowed and eyes closed I don't know where you're at in your prayer life and your walk with the Lord but when he doesn't answer you it's because he wants to encourage growth in your prayer life in you through your prayer life it's not because he didn't hear you the first time when he doesn't answer you it's because he wants to encourage endurance faithfulness patience I mean you have so many examples Abraham God, give us, give us a child 25 years later. Moses, I want to deliver my people from the hands of the Egyptians. He was so passionate about delivering them. He killed a man. He killed an Egyptian. But he had to wait 40 years. Jesus, the Bible says that he taught his disciples in parables to show them that they should always pray and never give up. So your prayers, your prayers don't need to be fancy. They don't need to be eloquent. The power of prayer does not come from the eloquence of your words. They just need to be real. They need to be humble. You just need to talk to God like, like you talk to a really, really good friend, a close friend. Like a child talks to God. And so I wonder, how many of you here in this room would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand? Pastor, pray for me. I, I want to be more humble in my prayer life. I see that hand. I see that hand all over the room. Those of you watching online, the same thing. Pastor, pray for me. I, I want to I be honest and vulnerable in my prayer life. I want to be consistent. I give up too soon. Listen, I don't know where you're at. 
in, in a moment, we're going to sing a song. It's, we call it our invitation song. And you don't have to, but if you would like, I want to invite you to come and get on your knees. Again, I'm not giving you a Bible verse. I can't prove it. But I know from experience, something happens in our hearts when we surrender, when our knees hit the ground, when our, our face are planted. I know that in my own life, when my body moves, my heart follows. So I'm going to pray in a minute, but during the song, if you feel led, this is just some stab, some wood, and some, some carpet. But what happens in your heart is different, right? And so... I want to empower you. I want to give you permission, not that I have to, during this song, and you can do it at any point during the worship. I want to invite you to come and you say, God, I surrender my desire, my needs, my, my struggles. And I want to encourage you to pray like Jesus prayed. Father, Thank you that we have this connection with you, that our prayer is our personal declaration of dependence on you. When we pray, it's a way of saying we're totally dependent on you. Not because of what I can do, not because of what I can earn with my work or my abilities, but God, I am dependent on you because of who you are. Thank you for the example that you give us with Jesus. God, we surrender to you. And as difficult as it may be, we say, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. If you want to take this opportunity to pray, this is your chance.